0: Welcome to this episode of Sunday Reprise, where we bring the church to you and deliver nothing but the truth. Brought to you by Maranatha Family Church International Ministries in Davao City, Philippines. We hope this message will bless you. Let's go. You know, we entitled this uh, topic, What's Next? Uh, Where are we in the signs of the end times? And what will happen next to the Church of Christ? Now that we're here, what's next? So first, we are going to determine where we are in the prophecy. Remember, uh, now uh, we are seeing these signs and we confirm that what the Lord Jesus Christ prophesied a long, long time ago, almost 2,000 years ago, were exactly, absolutely right on target. Now we see how Bible prophecies are falling into place. Now that gets me excited because uh, I am really hoping that this, the whole thing, the whole chaotic thing will will come to an end. Because when that comes to an end, there's going to be a new beginning. The Lord Jesus Christ, who is the King of Kings, is coming back and He's going to establish a never-ending kingdom. And of the increase of his kingdom, that's what the book of Isaiah said, there will be no end. The advancement, everything. And uh, we're going to be in a city not made by human hands. Are you not excited? Hallelujah. So we are going to live in a kingdom. Okay, where there is really no problem, everything is with integrity, everything is done perfectly because it is God himself who will shepherd us. And so what we're going to talk about is that uh, this is the question that I want that we will try to answer. Maybe not uh, give you the full details, but at least we can give you a hint on uh, about where we are in the signs of the end times and what will happen next but the the main thing okay at the at the end part of this topic where of course we will share with you what we believe we can do about it okay now that we can identify where we are right now in bible prophecy the next thing we will do is that what's going to happen next what to expect okay so we can prepare Okay, that's the, the third part, okay? What to do. All right, I hope you're excited. This is something that, that is very important. Again, if you have not watched our series on the two opposing kingdoms, you can review it. It's for free anyway, amen? All right, so um, this topic on what's next is something that is, um, that is uh, hard to swallow and hard to digest. <laughs> This topic is going to cause a lot of trouble and hurt in the body of Christ. That's why I find this very important that now that we still have the freedom to talk about it, we will talk about it. That's why we are talking and we will discuss it right now, today. You know, I I was advocating concerning this what's next since year 2020, okay? Uh, i made a lot of emphasis you know even in my preachings i have made mention about this so again i want to talk about it today because this is what's gonna happen next and i we don't want you to be surprised all right so um let me review with you the chart that we used in our series on the last days that we uh, also entitled the signs of the times you see the Lord our Lord Yeshua HaMashiach the Lord Jesus Christ taught his disciples about what will be the signs because you you see the disciples asked Lord how do we know what will be the signs and so our Lord Jesus told them about the signs we are not going to go into a lot of details but I'm going to show you the highlights so okay in the first page, you see sign number one, sign number two, sign number three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve. You see, I, I did a lot, I mean, a synthetic study. When you say synthetic study, you have to read it again and again and again and again and again and again, and again until the context of the scripture uh, surface or show up. We see twelve signs mentioned in Matthew. But those signs in Matthew were also mentioned in the, book, in the book of Mark and in the book of Luke. Now, why is it that it's not the same arrangement? Of course it's not because different writers have their own style of writing what they heard. Okay, but and also it depends on the target audience. Okay, so Matthew has a target audience, and his ta- or uh, uh, the, the the his readers are the Jews. You see, the Jews are more are uh, more critical. You know, I mean, they, they 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 they're more into theology, into the laws and tradition, and, and there's so many factors that you have to address. That's why if you read the book of Matthew, it's longer compared to the other gospels now let me explain to you mark what about mark who are the target people of mark when he wrote the book of mark okay mark's uh, target people or people group are the gentiles us and so it is more focused on the gospel evangelism so it's it's you know comparing to the other gospels it's raw. Uh, it's unedited it's like uh, it's something like that it's raw okay so everything that he remembers he wrote it and that's it so the book of mark is for us gentiles that's why if you want more details you know read matthew you don't need a lot of details you just want to you know direct to the point direct to the point then you read the book of mark because it was written you know it was like a shortened in a way where uh, most uh, non-believers can understand during those days. Okay, so the, that is why there is a, a slight difference between Ma- Matthew and Mark. Now, Luke. What about Luke? Now, Luke is a doctor. He's, he's a physician. Luke is different because as a physician, he uh, he just don't write something. The other thing is that Luke is a Gentile. That's why concerning the rapture, a lot of people would... Uh, lean on to Luke because Luke is uh, talking to a Gentile perspective, okay? You see there are 12 signs, okay? 12 signs, Matthew, Mark, and Luke side by side compared, okay? If you see sign number one, they're all the same, right? Matthew, Mark, and Luke all about deception, false messiahs, false Christ, okay? The first sign Did that take place already? Yes. Once it has, you know, it started to take place, it will continue. Okay. Remember, it's not something that will start, will begin, and then is gone, will be replaced a new sign. By a new sign. No, 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 no. Those signs are gonna add on. Okay. And then we have sign number two. We have the the wars, rumors of wars. So it happened before and today it's still happening. The, the war nation against will rise uh, nation will rise against nation kingdom against kingdom, and so you see again Matthew Mark and Luke it's so consistent they're the same sign number two, are we there now Yeah okay, so sign number three says that there's going to be a lot of what famines, yeah great depression okay and then pestilences a lot of pandemics already, whether man-made or not man-made it's still a pandemic. And why do, why do we believe there, there's going to be more pandemics? Because Jesus said it so. Our Lord Jesus said there's going to be pestilences. And then there's going to be earthquakes. Oh man, a lot of earthquakes. I mean, it's been happening, but uh, it was uh, the unusual type of earthquake here in our island. Uh, 2018, you know, it's like every month. It's it's not just an ordinary earthquake. They are strong earthquakes. This year, so many earthquakes, you know, floodings and in all places. And the Bible says, sign number three. That is sign number three. That is the beginning of birth pains. Okay, beginning. So meaning to say, the wars before it's it's not yet the beginning. Now this is the beginning. Okay. Then what comes next is the sign of the times number four. Actually, this is happening. This Persecution, martyrdom, hated by all nations because of me, Jesus said. uh, And some will be arrested and punished on account of Jesus. Okay, this has been happening since the dark ages. I mean, long, 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 long time ago, okay? (laughs) Long before we were yet born, okay? This has been happening, but you see the... Every time it comes back, it escalates, you know, to a different level. A lot of missionaries, they they go to places, you know, to to reach the unreached, to the mountains, to to remote areas, just to preach the gospel, share the love of God. But then a lot of these brethren of ours, you know, they were martyred. And this has been happening And the magnitude of, there are some that are in the news but not in the secular news, only in a, a Christian news like CBN, like you know other news. But there are some who are you will never hear from the news because they're only reported by, by the people in the field who are running for their lives. And this has been happening. And even today, with sign number four, who knows? You don't know when, if it will happen to you. You know, you see, the Bible says, those who will be killed by the sword, by the sword, will be, they will be killed. Those who will be imprisoned, they will be imprisoned. So you don't know what will fall on your lap while waiting for the rapture. This is going on right now as we speak. Okay, as we speak. But my question here, friend, are you Ready? But th- that is not the main thing. But the main thing is the result of this persecution. Because you see, what the the, the 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 evil one can do is, the best thing that he can do is take your life. But he will never take away your faith. What is the effect of a, a prolonged persecution? Of a prolonged pressure? Of a prolonged exposure to deception? To sin? To wickedness? You know the effect? The effect is what? I want to talk about today. The effect is going to be sign number five. Look at sign number five. It says apostasy and betrayal and hatred towards one another and rebellion that results to the death of many family members. Christians will be hated because of their loyalty to Yeshua. Loyalty is very important. You know why we're doing those series? A lot of series because we... You know, we bring you the truth. This is to prepare the church. That's why we do a lot of serious teachings that will prepare you emotionally, spiritually, and physically. Body, soul, and spirit. We're a tripartite being. So the persecution, the apostasy, you know, these are the things that uh, we need to prepare our hearts. Because you don't know what will fall on your lap. Okay, whether God will take you home, or if you're still here, or you know just before the rapture, you will still see these things fall into place. This, this, you know, the, this prophecy fall into place. You have to have an understanding or an awareness what's going to happen next. Okay, so in the sign of the end times, or in the in, the signs of the end of the age. We see here that it's very clear that what just happened recently. Okay, let's say years ago. Okay, let's start with 2018. So that is sign number three and number four and then number five. In fact, in other countries, number five has already started. Apostasy. You know, you you hear news, people leaving their faith, denying Christ, they walk away. And then, of course, sign number six is also a repeat of sign number one. Uh, Once a prophecy comes to pass, I mean, one of the signs of the end times comes to pass, it doesn't mean it will be replaced by the next sign. No. It means that it's there already, that sign, and it will, you know, come back when it's time. I mean, you know, it's just on and off. It's like something like that. So here's the thing. So sign number six is another phase level of false prophets who will appear and deceive many. Because this time, these false prophets is going to be more spiritual. To deceive as many as possible, the Bible says, even the elect, if possible, even the elect. So you see a lot of false messiahs. You see a lot of false prophets, false Jesus. They claim to be the Savior, but they're not the Savior. There's only one Son of God. Remember, John 3.16, For God so loved the world that He gave His one and only, or the only begotten Son. When you say the only begotten, there is no one else before Him and after Him. Now, sign number six, there's going to be a lot of false messiahs again. So don't be deceived, okay? Okay. I'm reiterating what the Lord Jesus Christ said. Don't be deceived. But, uh, let's just go to sign number eight. The goal is this. The preaching of the gospel in Matthew, okay? Sign number eight in Matthew. The preaching of the gospel in the whole world, then the end will come. So you see, the main thing that has to happen is the preaching of the gospel. If you read the, the Mark 13, okay? Verse 10 to 11 says, The gospel must first be preached to all nations. Okay? And you will frequently be arrested and you will be brought to trial. So, meaning you say, The gospel of the kingdom will be preached first and then the end will come. When you say the gospel of the kingdom, it's not just the gospel. When you say the gospel of Christ is the good news. When you say the gospel of the kingdom, you will have to talk about the kingdom. Of a king. Meaning to say there's going to be a new ruler of this kingdom. And that is the good news of the kingdom. And uh, You know, when, when the Lord Messiah, Yeshua HaMashiach comes and, you know, build the millennial kingdom. That's it. But before that will happen, we're going to talk about it. I'm excited because Jesus, when he comes back, is not going to return as a child And riding on a donkey, no. He's going to come back as a warrior, a fierce one. And he's going to consume everyone with a fire in his eyes. Consume all the enemies of God. Those who will reject Jesus as Lord and Savior. They will all be tormented forever and ever. That's the consequence of refusing to believe the Lord Jesus Christ. Refusing to receive eternal life through the Lord Jesus Christ. It is by grace through faith, friends. Here's the thing that I wanted to say, why I mentioned about sign number eight, sign number five, and Mark. It is because, you know, nowadays, there's so many issues, so many topics. You, you look at the internet, you know, a lot of fightings and division and, and exposés and things like that. But does that really matter? Those things are just and will remain on earth. You know what matters the most? Salvation. So talk about Jesus, friends. Talk about Jesus. Now for you, we as believers, it's a sad thing to read a social media of someone who went to be with the Lord. And then the the content of your social media accounts has nothing to do with Christ, has nothing to do with the glory, nothing to do with the gospel, nothing to do with the will of God. Friend, once we are born again, we are commissioned as ambassadors of Christ, as though we are appealing, you know, we are telling people, convincing people, influencing people to get reconciled, to be reconciled to God through Christ. That is our job. That is our mission. So complete your mission. Do not dwindle to the right or to the left. You know, busy. You know, we can be very busy with so many things. But if you forget the main thing that you need to do, you may you might lose your zeal and momentum in loving God. It's very important that you understand that you have to remain active in the kingdom of God. You have to keep the fire of the Lord in you, burning the love of God in you, burning. You have to be intimate. You have to continually connect with God because it's important. Possible for you to backslide if you have the holy spirit that's why i always say there there are no boring things with god because if the holy spirit is alive in you there is not a moment that you can say it's boring because he is alive in you and yeah. you, know, you can talk to him he's a person he's alive you can feel him and you will never feel abandonment in the lord He's a perfect father a Perfect shepherd for all of us. You must understand. If you are not experiencing that. Then that's a clear indication that you are are not born again, you are not saved yet. Because if you are saved, the, because the moment you believe, the Holy Spirit will be given to you and is going to reside in you and will be with you and He will teach you, He will comfort you, He will guide you into all truth and you see, you will be kept safe. That's why the Bible says, He who began a good work in us, will be faithful to complete it until the day of Christ Jesus. You know why? Because that's the work of the Holy Spirit in us. Therefore, do not grieve the Holy Spirit. Never grieve the Holy Spirit. So friends, if you cannot identify, you cannot connect with what I just said, then you must search your soul, search your heart and ask, Lord, I need to be saved. I need you to be alive in me. Hallelujah. Okay, Romans 8.14, it says, For those who are led by the Spirit of God are the children of God. Without the Holy Spirit, you cannot be saved. Because He is the confirmation. You will never understand the truth. What we're talking about right now, if this sounds foolishness to you, you are not saved. Because you cannot understand it that's why you have no interest about the end times you know you laugh about the end times is foolishness that you people are crazy you are fanatic if you think we are fanatic you are not safe because the bible says in romans chapter 1 the apostle paul said i am not ashamed of the gospel of christ why because it is the power the authority of god to save those who believe to save those who what? who believe it is the power of God unto salvation for those who believe. The gospel is the power of God to save someone. So if you do not understand the gospel of Christ, you are not saved. So now I am crying, I'm calling, I'm appealing, I am urging, I'm urging, bes- I beseech you, friends. This is serious. There is nothing more important than your eternal salvation. If you don't believe, you're in big trouble. The offer of salvation, the offer of forgiveness of sins will not apply to you unless you come under the Lordship of Christ. Then you can become a benefactor of that free gift. It is for those who will submit to the Lordship of Christ. If you do not submit to the Lordship of Christ, then how can you be forgiven of your sins? If you do not humble yourselves, then how can you be forgiven? The most important thing is that you get to know the Savior. You need an encounter with the gospel of Christ. You need to know who Jesus is and what He did. And commit your life to Jesus. Okay, let's go back. Back to our topic. (laughs) Sorry for consuming a lot of time, but just want to tell you, if there is something that we really need to talk about, talk about Jesus. Talk about salvation. Talk about sin. That all have sinned. And because of sin, the consequences or the penalty of sin is what? Death. You may avoid death, but you cannot escape death. You cannot escape death forever. And since we're going to face death, all of us, it is just right that we all prepare. Are you prepared? Be ready, friends. Preach the gospel. You who are already saved, what are you doing? Use your social media. Post something about the Lord Jesus. Share your faith. Share your testimony. Don't be afraid. You know, if you are afraid, to you know to preach because not everybody have the courage to preach maybe you need to pray for courage first from the holy spirit amen you need boldness if you don't have that yet you can start by writing write a message or share this link okay <laughs> that's the best easiest way to do it is to copy the link and then send it to your you know to the friends who need to hear the gospel of christ all right so Going back, continuing with our topic, I just want you to see that from sign number three and sign number four and sign number five is active right now. Pastor, so what now? This is what. We want you to prepare your hearts and emotions because we want you to intercede to pray that you will not take part of this prophecy that you should not be part of those who will rebel against Christ. This part is a warning to all Christians. That's why I'm speaking from my heart because we want to warn Christians in love. 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, beginning from verses 1 to 4. Again, this is the part that is hard to swallow, hard to digest. Concerning the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ and our being gathered to him. So is there going to be a gathering, a coming together with the Lord? Are we going to meet God? Yeah. Okay. We ask you, brothers and sisters, verse 2, not to become easily unsettled or alarmed by the teaching allegedly, allegedly from us, whether by a prophecy or by word of mouth or by letter, asserting that the day of the Lord has already come. Verse 3, don't let anyone deceive you in any way, for that day will not come until the rebellion occurs and the man of lawlessness is revealed, the man doomed to destruction. Okay. Verse 4, he will oppose and will exalt himself over everything that is called God or is worship so that he sets himself up in God's temple, proclaiming himself to be God there is going to be a third temple. But if you try to look at the order, first, before the Antichrist will be revealed, there is going to be a rebellion. Is that clear? I want to read the King James Version. Verse 1. Now I beseech you, brethren, by the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ and by the gathering together unto him, that ye... Be not soon shaken in mind, or be troubled, neither by spirit, nor by word, nor by letter as from us, as that day of Christ is is at hand. Let no man deceive you by any means, for that day shall not come. It will not come except there are a falling away first. So first there's going to be a falling away. And that man of sin be revealed. Okay, then now the revelation of the, the man of sin, okay, the son of perdition, who opposeth and exalted himself above all that is called God or that is worshiped, so that he as a God sitteth in the temple of God, sh- showing, how do you pronounce this, showing himself that he is God. So he wants to replace God, again, the Antichrist. That's why we said he is the Antichrist because he wanted to be the Christ, okay? Now, Amplified Bible. Okay, I'm using the third version. Now in regard to the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ and our gathering. So again, the word gathering is there. Our gathering together to meet Him. We ask you, brothers and sisters, not to be quickly unsettled or alarmed either by so-called prophetic revelation of the Spirit or a message or a letter from us to the effect that the day of the Lord has already come let no one in any way deceive you, deceive or entrap you for that day will not come unless okay unless the apostasy comes first so again apostasy comes first that is the great rebellion it's going to be global okay this phenomenon is global spiritual phenomenon it's going to be global a great rebellion the abandonment of the faith by professed Christians. So, those professing Christians, a lot of them will abandon their faith. And the man of lawlessness is revealed. So, you see, there is going to be a scenario that will prepare all this. And then, when the time comes, when the, the, there's a lot of people, okay, renouncing their faith in Christ. And then the man of lawlessness is revealed, the son of destruction, the Antichrist, the one who is destined to be destroyed. Okay? Destined to be destroyed. If you want to know details, how, okay, watch our series on the two opposing kingdoms. Okay? It's just below. Verse 4, who opposes and exalts himself so proudly and so insolently above every so-called God or object of worship so that he actually enters and takes his seat in the temple of God, publicly proclaiming that he himself is God. 2 Thessalonians chapter 2 is a warning to all Christians. That's why I said we are giving you this warning with love. This Second Thessalonians is warning believers, all believers about the apostasy and the man of lawlessness. What you need to think about is, will your heart, is your heart ready to see some of your loved ones leave the faith? To see some of your church friends renounce their faith? The Bible reveals that there will be an event, it's a global event that will shake the church. Because now the church is going to be divided. Some people will say, oh, the leaders of this church renounced Jesus. The leaders of this church doesn't believe in Jesus anymore. The leaders of this church just left their faith. They abandoned what they believe. They, they don't believe in Jesus anymore. You know. And then you will be pulled. Are you going to follow the deserters, the betrayers? Or are you going to remain true to your commitment to the Lord Jesus Christ? You only have two options. You, there is no middle ground. These years of no church gatherings, no discipleship, you know, no face-to-face, no corporate worship and prayer can create that condition. It's like a perfect premise, you know, for people to lose their momentum, their spiritual. Momentum and there's there's zeal for God uh, and and, and there, there's going to be some who will start to doubt God's existence because of a lot of falsehood or false teachings in the internet. Okay, now they're not meeting with their pastor, they're not meeting with their leader. They are more frequent in listening to a lot of false teachers in the internet. That's the problem, friends. And I want you to grasp the gravity okay, of what we are being told in this chapter of 2 uh, Thessalonians. Amen? That what? There's going to be a what? Great rebellion. The same kind of rebellion in heaven when, when, when uh, Lucifer rebelled against God. So people will rebel against God. People who once claimed to be Christians, okay, will turn their back on God and they are going to deny him. Did I say that? No, the Bible said it. Persecution, apostasy. After that, what's next? Uh, The appearing of the son of perdition, the man doomed to destruction. So, I don't care about this man of perdition. I don't really care. I don't, I don't want to spend a lot of time searching who could this guy be, you know? You don't know who because he is not going to reveal until there's going to be a falling away, a global phenomenon, a great rebellion against God. People will renounce their faith. They're going to declare that they don't believe in Jesus anymore. They don't want to do anything about Christianity anymore. The great rebellion. That's what's coming. That's the next thing. Okay, it's building up right now. It's like a volcano. Underground, there's, there's a lot of heat pushing abominations. They, they, they are introducing sinful acts to be legal. Be, you know they are legalizing you know what the bible says abomination they are weaponizing the law against the people who uphold the law of god that's what's happening that's why many will have to choose sides and because they don't want to be in trouble with the world with the voice of the world they will embrace the other side and choose to follow wickedness all right. So if we analyze the order of events mentioned in Second Thessalonians, we, we started with the uh, synoptic Gospels—Matthew, Mark, Luke—and we, we just point out to you we are now in sign of the end times, number three, number four, and number five, and, and uh, that's where we are right now. But it's not full swing yet. It's it's uh, still building. It's like a volcano that is that will erupt. Sometime later, we don't know when. We're sure it's going to happen because the Bible prophesied it. We can never be wrong to expect something that will happen in the future. We're just saying that we don't know when. My role as a pastor, as a teacher, Bible teacher, is to remind people, to explain to people, to prepare people concerning what's going to happen next. So what we're seeing is we're seeing persecution. People who will avoid persecution will end up falling away and abandoning their faith. 1 Timothy 4.1 The Spirit clearly says that in the later times some will abandon the faith and follow deceiving spirits, the things taught by demons. Okay, The Holy Spirit said, that in the later times, in the last days, some will abandon the faith and follow deceiving spirits and things. So these are th- uh, things taught by demons. So uh, there's a lot of things that, that, you know, that are demonic by nature. You know, demonic teachings, a lot of demonic teachings in the internet right now. People who are contradicting the teachings of Christ. Those are demonic teachings. Don't don't let this be you, friend. You don't have to. Don't be deceived by believing a different teaching than what you receive from us, from your home group leaders, from our guests, from our evangelists, from our revivalists, from, from the people that God has anointed to teach us the word. Don't turn away from what you learned from us, confirmed by the Holy Spirit in you. So, if you hear a different gospel, if you hear a different teaching or different interpretation or the opposite of what we taught you, okay, in church, then you know that it comes from the evil one. Any power, you know, that is not from the Holy Spirit, I mean, spiritual powers, is not from God. They can be from the deceiving spirits and things taught by. Demons, you see, deception comes when you try to reinterpret scriptures. That's that's another thing, friends. Because nowadays, there's a lot of videos, okay, that advocates uh, reinterpreting scriptures, they, they want to change the whole meaning of what was taught in scriptures, meaning to say. Instead of Jesus being the only way to salvation, they say, no, 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 no. There are many ways to God. You see, that's the result of reinterpreting scriptures. It will lead you to falsehood, friends. And then what else? And that you can commit adultery. You can already, you have, you know, if you get to a certain maturity, then you have the license to, to do stupid things totally create a mess in the standard of holiness. The teachings that was established by the Lord Jesus Christ. When you reinterpret scriptures. So you see guys, reinterpreting scriptures mean that the previous is erroneous. That's what they're trying to say when they, when they encourage people that, you know, that's the old interpretation. So we have a new way to look at the Bible. If you do that, you're saying the previous is erroneous or the act of reinterpreting the Bible is an act of contesting that it was incorrectly understood or incorrectly viewed before. It's like saying all those who were inspired to write the books in the Bible. I mean, all those who live in the past, in different ages, different times, they never met. All the authors of the Bible, they never once met, but they all agreed about the same God, about the the, the same teachings. They agreed the same biblical principles and that they were all wrong all along just because their interpretation, or the context, or the revelation were consistently incorrect. See that—that's thats the—that's the, the, that's the point of accepting the teaching that we must that there is a need, a necessity to reinterpret scriptures. If you embrace the teaching, you're saying that the people, the authors, the people in the past who wrote the Bible were were consistently incorrect See, are you better than the apostle paul are you better than those theologians or are you better than the theologians in israel the the the, the even if they're pharisees they memorize the pentachok have you memorized the pentachok if you don't even know what's pentachok then how could you suggest to reinterpret scriptures Pentatechok is the first five books of Moses. Can you imagine if you become a lawyer there, part of the Sanhedrin, uh, they're senators, they, they, they have to know Pentateuch They have to know the law of God. Don't try to reinterpret scriptures. If you attempt to reinterpret what was already proven true and, and consistent for ages, then you're like saying that no one got it right until today. Concerning teaching, how do you know who's telling the truth or not? Jesus said, concerning the false teachers, you shall know them by their fruits. so let me give you a verse that clearly says reinterpreting God's word is demonic that's genesis two fifteen compared to or verses genesis three four okay Genesis chapter two verse fifteen says The Lord God took the man and put him in the garden of Eden to work it and take care of it. And the Lord God commanded the man, You are free to eat from any tree in the garden, but you must not eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, for when you eat of it, you will certainly die. Who said that? God. The creator, the supreme creator told Adam, Do not eat from that tree, because if you eat from that tree, which is in the middle of the garden, you will certainly die. Now let's read Genesis chapter 3 from verse 1. Now the serpent was more crafty than any of the wild animals that the Lord had made. And he said to the woman, Did God really say you must not eat from any tree of the garden? You see, he's, he's trying to cook something here because he is going to throw some questions that's not complete, okay? He said, you, you know, so that he has a, a way of turning the conversation in a way that he wants to shape it, okay, or contour it. So the devil said through through the serpent, did God really say you must not eat from any tree of the garden? The woman said to the serpent, we may eat fruit from the trees in the garden, but God did not. Say, you must not eat fruit from the tree that's in the middle of the garden. You must not touch it or you will die. Maybe Adam had shared that. So that's why what Eve remembered that she must not even touch it or she will die. The devil, the serpent said, you will not certainly die. Oh, that's reinterpreting God's teaching. Did you understand? God said, if you eat from that tree, you will certainly die. And the devil said, you will not certainly die. So that is the result of reinterpreting what God meant intentionally from the beginning. The serpent said to the woman, you will not certainly die. For God knows that when you eat from it, your eyes will be open and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. Now, here's the thing. Did they die physically right there and then? No. But after that, death was introduced already. There was death. When God created man, death was not included. But because of this violation, people die. That's why we die physically, biologically. The devil is a liar. He's a deceiver. He is good he is very crafty he is really good in uh, in deceiving with deceit okay he he is going to he knows how to manufacture stories okay uh, make uh, a narrative that is that sounds true but not true okay bible reinterpretation is deception it is an attempt to dilute the truth with lies to deceive remember that that's what the bible says even the elect Continuing with Second Thessalonians chapter two on apostasy, this is the, the the next big thing that will shake the church, apostasy. Ever since even last year, 2020, I've been emphasizing on apostasy, that people will leave the faith. Okay, this pandemic thing, you know, plus the the no church gathering thing, spiritual decline it's going on around the world, the lawlessness, the fear. Chaos here, chaos there, you know, economic crisis, division, depression, hopelessness. You know, a lot of factors, you know, adding them all together. All this can contribute to a perfect scenario or a a perfect stage for apostasy to breed, to propagate, for apostasy to, to increase or it will multiply. So the key verse for today is 2 Thessalonians 2, another key Passage of Scripture is Matthew twenty-four, beginning from verse nine to fourteen. It says, "Then you will be handed over to be persecuted and put to death, and you will be hated by all nations because of me." That is something you need to pray about, to pray and prepare. Verse ten: At the time, many will turn away from the faith. That's apostasy. And will betray and hate each other. So you see, friends, the apostasy is mentioned again. And then will what? Betray and hate each other. Now, this is referring to Christians. The first one in verse 9 referring to non-believers who will hate Christians. But in verse 10, these are the Christians who will betray Christ and then betray the brethren and will hate their brethren. Uh, that's a sad thing. That's why this is a serious topic. Verse 11 says, And many false prophets will appear and deceive many people. That includes the, the false Christ. And in verse 12, this is the point where I want to highlight. Because of the increase of wickedness, the love of most or the love of many will grow cold. There's going to be a breeding ground for apostasy. To multiply, proliferate, because of the increase of wickedness, of sinfulness. But the one who stands firm to the end, now this is for you Christians, one who stands firm to the end will be saved. Okay, and the gospel of the kingdom, yeah, this is what I mentioned a while ago. The gospel. Of the kingdom, this is not just salvation. This is the gospel, the good news about the coming king and his never-ending kingdom. Okay, we're going to talk about him. The gospel of the kingdom will be preached in the whole world as a testimony to all nations and then the end will come. If you jump to verse 24, you will read, The false messiahs and false prophets will appear and perform signs and wonders to deceive if possible even the elect okay some will make a choice to walk away to follow the world some will make that choice because they choose to hold on to their sinful ways they want to remain in darkness they don't want to be exposed in the light they're afraid of the light that's why they refuse to be saved they will choose the wrong side because they don't they refuse to repent Again, sin is a trap, friends. That's another method of the enemy, how to capture Christians into apostatizing or into leaving the faith. Okay, So this sin issue is far more threatening. Sin issue is far more harmful or far more dangerous than all viruses combined because sin is going to lead you to it eternal torment if you don't repent from sin and turn to Jesus to follow him as your lord and savior because the consequence of sin is eternal death eternal damnation it's eternal torment so talk less about germs talk less about the things that does not matter talk less about things that, that really don't matter for eternity talk more about Jesus talk more about salvation. Talk more about the gospel. Talk more about sin and the forgiveness of sin. Friends, talk less about the world. Okay? Do not fear what the world fears. That's what Isaiah said. And Talk more about Jesus. It's because that is what the world needs right now. And our time is short. Life is short. Don't walk away don't walk away from believing. Don't walk away from following the Lord Jesus Christ as, you know, as your Lord and Savior. Do not participate in the group of people who will deny and abandon their faith. You don't have to be part of the fulfillment of apostasy. Okay, You don't have to be a part of the fulfillment of the prophecy concerning apostasy. Remember that, friends. That's the next thing that's going to happen. Because there is no need for you to be one of the betrayers like Judas. When you hear the word Judas as one of Jesus' disciples, this is going, already a bad reputation. But I tell you, friends, there's going to be a global phenomenon where there's more Judas. It's going to happen. Jesus said it. Paul said it in Thessalonians. And so, Okay, if you betray the Lord Jesus Christ, then you are no better than Judas. Now, a lot of Christians are criticizing Judas because he's a betrayer. But I tell you, in the last days, the Holy Spirit said many or some will abandon their faith. And let me tell you this, you don't need to be part of that fulfillment. Do not be one of those who will betray the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen? Hallelujah, because there's a high price to pay for all believers who will abandon the faith. You cannot betray. You know, if if there's a king you don't want to betray, don't betray the king of kings. He's not an ordinary king. He might be a, a loving king, but he is also a just king. He's a holy king, and he will serve justice. He cannot tolerate your sin. Well, he's a God of grace, but I'm not the judge. He is. But why would you put yourself in a dangerous situation when you can choose to follow him and love him and honor him and respect him? Don't disrespect God. Corey Hofer Kelly said, You are free to choose, but you are not free from the consequence of your choice. Be on the side of God. Stay committed to the Lord Jesus Christ who conquered sin and death. He will come again, okay, to conquer the fourth kingdom of the fourth beast. I tell you, God is real. Yield to the Holy Spirit. Walk with God. Read the Bible, friends. Read the Bible so you will not end up to falsehood. Bible says, my people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. If you don't have knowledge from the Bible, then you don't understand. Okay, so read the Bible cooperate with the Holy Spirit, walk with God. Don't listen or accept any teaching from anyone who who contradicts the word of God that is confirmed by the Holy Spirit in you. Because the anointing is in you. You don't need anyone actually to teach you the Holy Spirit. If you're born again, you have the Holy Spirit and he will confirm whether what you're hearing is true or not true. And do not believe those who tell you that the Jewish Messiah failed. Don't believe uh, those who say that they are the replacement of Jesus Christ. Don't believe them. John 8, 58 says, Very truly I tell you, Jesus answered, Before Abraham was born, I am. So what did they do? They pick up stones to stone Jesus because the name I am means to means God, to the Jews. So by, the, by that statement, Jesus claimed to be God. Now, Another thing that, you know, that I want to correct, okay? Do not believe those who will tell you that Jesus is not the Messiah. Matthew 16, okay, verse 13. When Jesus came to the region of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, who do, you, who do people say the Son of Man is? Referring to himself. Who is the Son of Man, according to people? They replied, some say John the Baptist, others say Elijah. And still others, Jeremiah or one of the prophets. Verse 15, but what about you? Okay, Jesus is now asking the disciples. He said, what about you? He asked, who do you say I am? Verse 16, Simon Peter answered, you are the Messiah, the son of the living God. A Messiah means savior. Messiah in Hebrew, in English, Savior said, Peter answered, You are the Savior, the Son of the living God. Jesus replied, Blessed are you, Simon, son of Jonah, for this was not revealed to you by flesh and blood, but by my Father in heaven. So you see, who told Peter that Yeshua or Jesus is, was, and is really the Messiah? It was the Heavenly Father, right? And Jesus agreeing to this, when Jesus said, okay, look, verse 17, he said, Jesus replied, blessed are you, Simon, son of Jonah, for this was n- not revealed to you by flesh and blood, but by my father in heaven. So many, you say, Jesus agreed that he is really the Messiah. When Simon Peter said, you are the Messiah. And he said, blessed are you, for you understood this and was given to you by my father. So Jesus claimed to be the Messiah. Another scripture, Mark 14, verse 16. Then the high priest stood up before them and asked Jesus. Okay, remember this was the time when Jesus was arrested. Okay, so he was interrogated. So they asked Jesus, are you not going to answer? What is this testimony that these men are bringing up against you? Verse 61, Jesus remained silent and, and gave no answer. Again, the high priest asked him, Are you the Messiah, the Son of the Blessed One? Are you the Messiah? Verse 62, read verse 62. It says, I am. Meaning, Jesus claimed that he is and was and will always be our Savior. The only Savior, okay? He said, I am, Jesus said, said Jesus. And you will see the Son of Man, okay, he added on to that. You will see the Son of Man sitting at the right hand of the Mighty One and coming on the clouds of heaven. So he actually not only confirmed that he is the Messiah, but he added a nature attached to him being the Messiah that, Soon or one day you will see me in the clouds. You will see me coming down from heaven. You will see me sitting at the right hand of the heavenly father. That he was the authorized Messiah of the heavenly father. That he has the authority to save whom he wants to save. Jesus claimed to be the Messiah. So if anyone will say to you, Jesus is not God. Jesus is not Messiah. That person is not saved and do not believe that person. Because there's there's going to be a lot of deception in the coming days. That's going to come next. What's next? Persecution, martyrdom, apostasy, betrayal, hate. There's going to be great rebellion and hatred against Christians. Be ready, friends. Be ready. It's coming. You said, Pastor, why are you teaching this in advance? Because while we have the time, I will share this. You have to say it while you still can. Let me just uh, go directly to the third part. What to do? We want you to be active in the ministry. <laughs> okay. Be dressed ready. That's the thing. Matthew twenty four forty four. This is what the Lord Jesus Christ said. If you want to know more, You read verse 44 all the way way to verse 51 and you will get more insights, more goodies, spiritual goodies of what verse 44 meant. Because uh, from verse 45 to verse 51, it's an expansion, elaborating the word ready. You must be ready in verse 44. So I will just read to you Matthew 24 verse 44. It says, so you also must be ready. So again, this is the conclusion. You also must be ready because the Son of Man will come at an, uh, at an hour when you do not expect Him. No one knows. Only the Father knows. So no one can really say uh, the, the, the time, the day. So what do we do? For as long as we are here, we should be ready for all eventualities. Whether the rapture, persecution apostasy, being hated by the world, martyred for Christ for your faith, you have to be ready. Be ready at all times. So, must be ready. It's not should be ready. Must be ready. We must be ready for His coming. At the same time, must be ready for any eventualities. That's why I said, one of my purpose is to tell you this very topic. To warn people. To prepare people. And that's why I'm still here. (laughs) I've been through a lot of near-death experiences. But then every time, miraculously, the Lord just healed me and God is so good. But that's why I have this kind of faith towards Him because of what He did. He is our healer. He is Jehovah Rapha, the Lord our healer. And there's nothing impossible for Him. That's why... There's nothing in this world that can move me that can cause fear because absolutely nothing can shake us if there's one that you should fear the most, God. Because if you criticize God, if you oppose God, if you come against Him, one day your acts of rebellion will be reviewed. And the Bible says whatever you say, whether good or bad, we will all give an account By your words, you will be justified and by your words, you will be condemned. That's what Jesus said. Nothing escapes his eyes. Everything will be reviewed and everything will be revealed in time. That's why focus on the gospel of Christ because that's the most important thing. The gospel of Christ. Time is running, friends. Luke chapter 12.35 Be dressed ready for service And keep your lamps burning. So remember the parable of the ten virgins? What is this readiness all about? It's about actively serving God until He comes or takes you to Himself. So participate and cooperate in what the Holy Spirit wants you to do. So you need to pray, seek God. How can you be an encouragement? How can you be fruitful in the midst of this pandemic, while we're most of the time we're staying home? So how can you be a blessing? Oh, then use the the media. I mean the social media platform. Amen. Talk about Jesus. Talk about salvation. Talk about sin, the consequence of sin, that all have sinned, and that there is forgiveness. And the only available forgiveness for our sins. There's only one who can forgive us of our sins. It's the one who paid for our sins. So talk about Jesus. That's it for today's episode. Thank you for joining us. Keep in touch with us via Facebook by going to facebook.com slash mfcdvo or search for Maranatha Family Church Davo on Facebook. Where we also stream our church services. Again, that's facebook.com/slash mfcdvo. God bless.